0: On today's episode of An Echo of Glory, we dissect the big win at Burnley and we take a big stats dive into Angeball with Opta Analyst Ali Tweedale. Welcome to another episode of An Echo of Glory. Joining me today, as always, Gary Diamond. Good morning. Sometimes with us. Uh, Jake Robson. Hello. Uh, and I've cha- we've changed the formation today. Uh Playing right back to the side of me, uh, Ali Tweedale from uh, Opta Analyst. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much. Uh, You've been
0: on before, but welcome to the studio.
1: Yeah, it's lovely to be here.
0: Good, great to have you on. Uh, We are going to do some deep dives on on the stats, the Angebal stats, the Tottenham stats from the first four league games of the season. We're going to totally ignore uh, the Fulham draw, statistically (laughs) the draw uh, against Fulham. Uh, What we're going to do, as always, well, first of all, actually, happy birthday to someone. Hey. hey Tottenham Hotspur! Hey. 141 years today. 141 years today. Uh, didn't bring in a cake. Uh, didn't bring in a Lotus Biscoff donut. Um never never in one of those. <laughs> no, we're never going
2: to find that donut. But, but Ali said he was saying happy birthday. So, <laughs> 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 so
0: is, you know, like you have when you have people in for the first time. The um, what do you call it? Yeah, yeah, got the got initiation. Song, so you've got to stand on the desk. What's, What's your you saying?
1: Go? I've actually I realised I've got to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so happy
0: birthday to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, some players on there the great and good uh harry kane's on there <laughs> uh, remember him he was good <laughs> he was good uh so happy birthday to Tottenham Hotspur, but uh, and we celebrated with uh, a 3-0 win uh,
2: at burnley um but gone 16 years ago that four all draw with villa, villa. When they were singing happy birthday to us because we were four one. Four four one down. down. And then Kabul scored top. Bins. Kabul
0: Chimbonda scored? Was yeah. it Chimbonda as well, was it? Yeah, in that wow. horrible that kit.
1: kit. That was a yes.
2: terrible kit. Yeah. One off special. People actually bought that
1: as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? People are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here he is. We've got we've got a habit
0: of upsetting people on this show. You're fitting well. <laughs> um right. With club news. Uh another win for the under twenty ones. Mm -hmm. uh beat blackburn 4-0 two goals from since bell and one each from jamie donnelly and will langshire they are top of the league uh with four wins from four i actually watched i didn't watch the highlights of that i I caught a bit of the highlights of the man city 5-0 drumming they were absolutely brilliant um Mm -hmm. so something must have happened uh since the changeover from, from the last regime uh to the youth team as I well. I guess training
2: not as traffic cones, is it? Not training as traffic is cones. It, it's def- a progression, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's
0: definitely <laughs> helped them. Uh, Fulham have also won uh, four out of four. Tottenham have conceded just once.
2: The next game is away to Stoke on the 25th of September. Can they do it away to Stoke on a cold, whatever 25th of <laughs> September <laughs> night it is? Uh, if it's anything like this, on it won't be cold. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just... Come on. Yeah. Go with me. Let him do the joke. Oh, I get it. I get Let it. Him do the, get
0: the joke. It. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Just... The under-18s <laughs> won 3-0 at Blackburn in the Premier League Cup on Saturday. That's uh, so a no-league game for them. But they I think they lost their first game, but they've picked up uh, as well nicely. We'll come uh, to the first team soon. The transfer window uh, is now shut for players coming in. No new centre-back. Uh, Ali, I'll start with you, because we've talked ad nauseum on here about players in, players out. We... We did sign a new centre-back in Van der Veen. We didn't sign another one. And then last night we heard that Sanchez uh, has gone to Galatasaray on a permanent deal, leaving really Dyer, uh and Ash Phillips as, th- as the backups for... Ben Davies. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, for you got Ben Davies and Emerson can play there as well. But where are you on the fact that we sh- possibly should have and didn't sign another first-choice centre-back?
1: Yeah, um, I think it could turn out to be a big mistake, like... It's not completely. It's, it's it's not at all ridiculous to expect that those two, that Romero and Van der Ven, won't play 38 games. Mm. The other other players will be needed. Um, so I would have liked someone else. I kind of like the fact that um, Ange has apparently been so impressed with uh, Phillips. Um, so he's kind of trusting trusting him on that. Um, but yeah, you don't want you don't want to end up with Ashley Phillips, an unproven Ashley Phillips, and Eric Dyer at centre back in january do you um well i mean before then in in november when we can't sign anyone um so yeah it's not great but i wonder if it was a decision made after the fulham uh result uh two competitions you're not going to be able to keep a third centre-back who wants to be playing Mm. a third 30 million pound 40 million pound centre-back happy uh with that many that few games to play so i can uh, kind of understand it
0: yeah, it's a lot easier to keep Ash Phillips happy on the bench but we you know if we do get a big injury as you say it's going to be an issue your mate Alfred Dorrington there's a lovely uh little highlights reel from the Blackburn win uh, this week but it is it does really leave us I can't see Ash Phillips being uh, really the th- the next cab off the rank if we do get an injury I think he would shuffle it about and it would be Davies or Emerson. I
2: was saying last week on the pod. I mean we, we, we recorded 24 hours before the end of the transfer window and I said look you know whoever's coming in or whatever the, the key thing is getting a centre back and if we go into the season with Sanchez as our third centre back yeah I'm going to be fuming. Well,
0: you
3: got your wish.
2: <laughs> 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 and by the way, let me just clarify, this wasn't about Davinson Sanchez, who I've got a lot of time and respect for as as, as just a, a player for Tottenham Hotspur. He's given his everything, and it's a terrible shame that his last kick with the ball for Spurs was a missed penalty. But in a situation where he stepped up and was put into a position that he should never have been in, uh, but he stepped up and, 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 and did his best and, and, and tried to do his job, which is effectively the whole summary of his time at Tottenham. We you can't clean, We can't put... That as
0: a summary of his top No, it
2: was. He was he was far too long doing things that he wasn't skilled to do. Playing right back at the Emirates. It was disgraceful to yeah. ask him to do that. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and this is a guy that simply we've known for long enough, wasn't good enough, but always came into the team and did what he could. And so my comments last week weren't about him. And I want to clarify that because I've got a lot of time for him, much more so than somebody like Ndombele. Um, so I wish Davinson Sanchez all the best of luck. But they were about, as us as a football team and as a club, we needed two top centre-backs coming into the season. And it is a dereliction of duty, in my view, from the top down, from Levy down to the recruitment team, down to everybody involved, that we did not get in that third centre-back. Because we've now got to play 16 league games up until January the 1st, praying to God that Romero and Van de Ven are fit for those 16 league games. Because if they're not, the drop-off is yeah, colossal. Big. But yeah. I do think as well, when you look at the Galatasaray stuff with with Sanchez and Ndombele going there we were very interested allegedly in Victor Nelson from Galatasaray earlier in the season who I think is also a left-sided centre-back and I just wonder if with Galatasaray offering to pay peanuts of Ndombele's wages and actually nine million over five years for Sanchez those are two pretty good deals for Galatasaray. It just makes me think. I wonder if on the first of January, right. Victor Nelson is joining us. So that is a risk for sixteen league games. But also, yeah, I understand why they've done it.
3: The one thing we don't know, and, and you're gonna you're gonna have a go at me, I can tell <laughs> from saying this, is that they got Johnson in. It may be, you know, this this may be really black and white and binary. They got Johnson in. Maybe maybe Ange was given the option. Listen, we can get, we can get one more player in. Do you want Brennan Johnson or do you want a centre-back? And maybe he said actually, but well, we don't know. All I'm saying is he may be happy with with where things are at.
2: But you must know, that Galatasaray deal hasn't come overnight, right? They, they that, Those talks must have been going. These deals don't happen in 24, 48 hours, right? That's been ongoing for some mm. time. They must have had a good idea that Sanchez was going. And if Andrew said, okay, fine, I trust Phillips or I can bring in... Emerson Royale or de- w- 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 fine then he said that but it just is to me an unfathomable risk to take that Romero or Van Der Vern could get injured and, and, and the drop off whoever it is whichever way up until January and then again you know even if Sanchez had come in the drop off would be huge but it's it's kind of a little bit more you know manageable isn't well, I it? think
3: as fans that's how we see it but he may see it he may see actually the way Ash Phillips has played I see him fitting in instead of if Romero gets injured the way Ash Phillips has been training yeah this guy can cut it we don't know that's and, what I'm saying and I was
2: all for you know saying that Dorrington should be our fifth centre-back this season or, yeah. or, or or a young centre-back should be coming through but
0: I think he still will be because I think the names we've mentioned Davies Emerson will be uh, above him on, on, on the list
2: Yeah, and and all fine. And if Phillips gets a few minutes here and there or whatever it is, and and Dorrington comes onto the bench, I think that's great. And I'm all for the promotion of youth. But this is putting a lot of strain on the squad. And the other thing that we mentioned just before we started talking was the other option that we had was if Udogi got injured, you had the option of moving Van de Ven out to left back. That's gone. Can't do that now. Mm. So, do you know what I mean? It's weakened. It really has taken away a lot of options throughout the squad.
0: Right, well, we've also we've got with Sanchez and Dombele. <coughs> reggion has gone, Tanganga's gone, Rodon's gone, Spencer's gone. So this clear out is happening, the fresh start of the Ange wants. I think we're kind of kicking a can down the road for 12 months with those players coming back. But I think most of those have played their last game for Tottenham. I mean, Dombele hasn't played for us since he walked off uh, against Morecambe in January 2022. Um, I don't think it's worth our breath to even talk about. No, I'm no, but <laughs> <laughs> Ali, last year, Arsenal, I believe... I uh, made the fewest changes to their starting 11. I think Chelsea had a habit of doing that. I think under Conte. They did. It will help us. We've said on this pod before that not having Europe will, will probably be a blessing for this season, but we really do. It's like the old days, you know, when teams used to win titles in the 80s by playing like, you know, <laughs> 13 players. Um, we're kind of going to have to have that, aren't we?
1: Yeah, you have to get really lucky. But I mean, I th- personally, I think we need to be realistic and... But, I'm not getting too ahead of myself after four games. I think it's been really, really, really good. But realistically, with this squad, uh, we're not going to be challenging. I don't think we're not going to be challenging for major honours. And you just have to we're going to have to be lucky to uh, even push for the top four with the with this squad. Uh, well, with this, I just mean in terms of injuries, right. we're going to have to be lucky yeah. with injuries for sure. As you've been as mm. we've just because been discussing yeah. um, because of the drop off, Bang on, yeah. Um, and I also think a real concern with Romero will be suspensions as well. Cause, um, you say I'm that. Not, there's, he, there's he,
2: he and Van der Ven haven't apparently, you, you probably know better than I, but apparently they've not made a foul between them this season.
1: Well, some of the clips of Romero. Yeah, I, like. I don't know quite how he away with I'm not that. sure if he had, if he might not have been given, but yeah. Um, but there's, fair. there's been a huge increase. I won't go into the details, but there's been a huge increase in yellow cards this season mm. because of the new in, uh, directives on time wasting and. Uh, well, dis- we were talking,
0: I, I was a victim of this on Sunday morning.
1: Right, right? exactly. I was got from one of right, right down to victim. the bottom. You deserve everything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the poor ref.
0: The poor ref, yeah, yeah. He was a poor ref. <laughs> um, Hopefully he's listening. Yeah, <laughs> he, we well, might be, because I know that he's a big Spurs fan. He actually wrote a book on Spurs years ago. I think the George Graham book. He was Ma- listening. Mark, don't suck, Mark, up, don't suck Mark up to him Jacob, now. If you're, <laughs> no, Mark Jacob, if you're listening. He's just turned off. Don't put it through, please. I can't pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I just think there's a, there's also a worry with Romero uh, in particular that they, there could be a suspension. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are going to be have, have to be lucky with, um, with injuries. I think less so in... Uh, midfield with, I think Madison w- is absolutely going to have to be playing every single game. Yeah. But I think maybe uh, I'm not such a hater of Hoyer. I know he gets a lot of a lot of stick, and I think when, in the number eights positions we're we're quite well stopped. And in the front three, I'm actually quite happy with what with what mm-hmm. we've got now. We've got Brennan Johnson. I think competing only on one front for the next three and a bit months um, is Okay, in those positions, but I do agree. In defence, we're going to have to, we are going to have to be really lucky. It's
0: a good point about Hoyberg mm. Really divides opinion on social media. I don't, know, not sure about the opinion in this room. You said you're a fan, or you're, you're not so fussed that he's left. I think it's key the way we've played. that Someone like him is still in the squad and comes on for those 15 minutes when you're closing out games. There was a point against Burnley, and we will come on to the game where the first 20 minutes, Sar was all over the place, and I was mm. like, he actually might need to bring on Hoyberg here because I mm. felt as good as Sar is, he was that Burnley were between the lines and we looked a little bit all over the place but i'll ask you jake first he was someone who was linked to leaving the, the, the club and people on social media seem to be delighted about that where are you on on hoiberg I, still staying I,
3: if he if he listens to anything that the fans say <laughs> i feel really sorry for him because when he arrived he was seen after a few games oh my goodness this is the player we've needed all this time somebody a bit solid get the dressing room together, brilliant leader. Yeah. You can see him kind of commanding things out on the pitch. And I think the problem that he's suffered with is he's sort of almost, he's kind of one of the beacons of how bad we were almost or how, how boring and how... Unadventurous, the football was last season yeah. because his role essentially was as a two in midfield to sit there and do nothing. Yeah. So a lot of the fingers are pointed at well we've got no creativity. Hoiberg is not good enough on the ball. His passing is not good enough. But actually, in the And role of sitting as a six, or as you said, to come on in the last twenty minutes, he's a very calm head. He he's actually not that bad on the ball. He's obviously good at tack. You know, his positional sense is pretty good. I think I think there's more there's more time to uh, uh, run in the Hoyberg. especially Sorry. when
0: the apparent trade would have been him to to Spain and then signing Conor Gallagher, who I like, but I, for me that wouldn't work. The squad dynamic would have changed not only as Hoyberg a leader, but on the pitch Gallagher's a he's an eight. He's an eight. Mm. We need we, for me. I'm very delighted Hoyberg stayed.
2: What, 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 what defines an eight these days? And, and Ali, you might be able to help us here because I, I see sort of Madison as as a true eight, that true creative midfielder. And I actually think the way that that Postecoglou plays is, is with a six, your your sort of anchor man as it was back in the day, your eight which is Madison, and then a box to box midfielder, okay, which is what Sarraz at the minute. What I can see Bentoncore coming in to do, and which is what I saw Gallagher coming in to do. Um, I, I don't think Gallagher's an eight. I think he's I don't know would that be a seven? Would, would you would you, just that box to box midfielder that's up and down the engine room of the team as it were. Um, and that's why Saar's been doing so well, because he's, he he can really get involved defensively, but he can also get up, get up and bang a goal in, play a lovely through ball for uh, for, for Madison. Um, and that's where I saw Gallagher coming in. And actually, if we had signed Gallagher, you mentioned that, that um, Saar was all over the place, and, and he was in the first 20, 25 minutes against Burnley. That's where I would see Gallagher stepping in. And then, in terms of Hoyberg, the need for him decreases, because with Benton Core coming back, he could play the six or that box-to-box role, um, and actually, I see Sar going forwards as more of a six anyway. So Hoybo going forwards, I can see why they would have been happy for him to go. But he has stayed, and he's an experienced player, and add value to the squad. So, you know, it's good that he stayed. It would have also been fine if he'd have gone, in my view.
0: Well, right, look, I don't like this. Give, rate the window out of 10, because it's just it's the pie-in-the-sky number. But as a window, leaving the squad that we have now, are you happy? Do you think... More could have been done.
1: Yeah, of course. I think. I mean, is, has any football fan ever f- finished a window and been <laughs> no, just thought, "Yeah, we've, had, we've, p- we've got it up. perfect." Yeah, no. Um, Arsenal I've win the window mostly Mo- yeah, most yeah, seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, didn't. Everton
0: win it a few years ago,
1: and then nearly got relegated. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think what has been good about this window is that we've improved the first team, mm-hmm. um, and basically, I at the start of the summer, I said James Madison was the. Uh, person we had to go out and get and a year earlier we bought uh Bisuma, uh Udogi, uh richarlison some good obviously good players um but no one who improved the first team we improved the squad and the first team went a bit off the boil and then problems started to emerge i think by improving the first team that is a really 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 big thing and for that reason i'm happy but there's definitely still some holes. That yeah, but that has been been to come filled. first,
0: doesn't it? Well, you can improve your squad, which kind of means sometimes you're just improving your bench. But actually, we've improved the first team when that was so, so important.
2: Yeah, w- w- without a doubt. I mean, I, I think, you know, Potch's failing when he was here was that he consistently said, you can't improve this first team. And perhaps he was right at that time. That was the first team that went 78-odd games and was six clear of anybody else. But we didn't win a trophy because ultimately he didn't improve the squad behind it and he said no to players coming in that were better than other squad players and the drop-off wouldn't have been as big as it was when first team players are out i think what we've done so well now is the desperate need to improve the first team the next phase of this is as we were discussing right at the top of this get that third center back get some cover for udogi where that that drop-off but bah- the only place where we can really see that is Emerson Royal at right back in Porro. Okay. Porro's number one, clearly now. And for all the reasons we saw against Burnley when he plays <coughs> he was crucial to a lot of our attacking. We'll come on to that. Um, midfield, we're okay. Up front, we're kind of okay. I'd still say we need a, an out and out nine. Um, but that's the next phase of this evolution, isn't it? Is is the squad behind. Because that first team, you mentioned earlier you can't see us challenging for honors. I wonder if Ali that comes down to because they're not going to play together for 38 games, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be suspensions. If that first team could play together for 38 games, what would your expectation be?
1: It'd be very, very good. But I think we've also got some really inexperienced players in there. Like, Pape Sarr is not going to keep this up for But the he won't be, Benson <Court> Cole would come in, you'd think. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that's that's a arguably an improvement. Um, that's. Uh, but I think even, like, Kulusevski we've seen can be patchy. Mm. Um, Brennan Johnson, you can't expect him to come in and play and be... Brilliant. I've, everywhere across the front f- front line, we've got players that are patchy. Son can be patchy, can't can he? Yeah, He's been patchy for nearly 18 <laughs> months exactly. until Saturday. Um, He's back. He's and back, hopefully. <laughs> it's a good, be back in a purple patch. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think it's an inexperienced team. They haven't played hmm. together for very long. And so it, if we get lucky with injuries and suspensions, then absolutely we can be pushing for top four, I think. One hundred percent, but I think um, I don't. I don't think we can expect them to play. You saw it even with Arsenal last season. Like Bukayo Saka is an incredible player, but he couldn't keep that up for the whole season, and mm. he went off the boil. Yeah. And their
2: season it fell apart when Saliba got injured, and, and that was that, it.
1: Exactly. But they were at the same time, other players couldn't keep up that intensity for a whole mm. for a whole season. It's really hard to Difficult. do, is it? Um, yeah. even without Europe. Yeah. I think
3: the other thing is also you got to bear in mind that the way that Ange is playing is obviously completely different to the way that we were playing before. So we've
0: got a graphic on that and we're going to talk about well, it later. No, but, but
3: in terms of the players, therefore, that he, it was almost, it wasn't just you needed to bring players in and out. He's suddenly looking at the, the, the way and the setup that he wants and looking at the players that he's got and then he's trying to figure that out. So right. actually you take into account the fact that there were a lot of players there that perhaps didn't fit into the way he wants to play. He's kind of identified that Madison obviously is key to the way he wants to play and we didn't have a player. You put last year's squad, with the way he wants to play, can't do it. you can't do it. So someone like Madison was super important, and yeah. that's perhaps just why you weren't going to necessarily get everybody right. in that we needed. Just quickly
0: on Madison, there was a lot of talk that Conte turned him down, and I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted that he did. He'd have totally ruined James Madison, <laughs> absolutely ruined him. Right, going to come on to Burnley. A couple more things just to close off what's happened at the club this week. Alfie Devine scored a 99th minute penalty, uh, having assisted Port Vale's first in their two win at Oxford. Uh, John Wenham, big fan of Alfie Devine, so he'll be happy.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he was saying that the reason that we shouldn't get uh, Alex Scott was because he felt that Alfie Devine would go on to be the better player. Mm. And he certainly started well. yeah, uh,
0: international break coming up. Uh, I'm just quickly going to read off the list of players that are going. Vicario with Italy, Davis and Johnson with Wales, Richarlison with Brazil, Romero with Argentina. Uh, that can please sometimes come please, a come please come back. Please come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Van der Veen is in the Netherlands squad, yet to make his senior debut. Basuma uh, with Mali, Hoybo with Denmark, Pulisic, sorry, Pulisic, Perisic with Croatia. Uh, he'll be playing for them forever. <laughs> Solomon uh, for Israel, Son uh, South Korea, and James Madison is in the England squad. Dogi was in the uh, Italy squad but has pulled out due to illness and what? Hang on I'm not finished
2: Go on Thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, And
0: Dane Scarlett now alone at Ipswich is in the England on the 21 squad
2: I, I had a question maybe for the, the two statsmen here I'm going to maybe throw you under a bus a little bit When was the last time that Spurs did not have a player in the England squad?
1: Yeah you've thrown me under a bus <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving that bus and well, I've run over Ali I don't know <laughs> Harry Kane was in every England squad,
2: but I mean, but I feel like we've always provided players to that England squad. Yeah, even
1: in the sort of Defoe genius era, we had there was a time when we had three or four. But we do have one, so
2: no, that's the point. Thank goodness for James Madison, because it would be a real shame to have an England squad without a Spurs player in it. Yeah, right. Saturday, Um, smashed Burnley, didn't we?
0: (laughs) Basically, Uh, we we talked with uh, Adam Kotia last week about Burnley and how they were going to be open and expansive and that would uh, play right into our hands. Uh, and Adam gotchi was right. And it did. But for the first 20 minutes, certainly for the first four minutes, um, we looked a little bit all at sea. And you expect that from away from home. It's a tough place to go, blah, blah, blah. There's no easy games away from home in the Premier League. Poro got done. And Poro uh, defensively is, for me, still an issue. But I thought he had an excellent game.
2: Mm.
0: But even after that goal, we... We very quiet for 15 minutes. And as I said just before, <laughs> I thought he maybe could have taken Sarr off. I'm glad he didn't. Mm. Um, but wasn't the best start.
2: It, it, yeah, it, w- it was a tough start. They came out all guns blazing. They got the early goal. Um, it, it, it points to... I mean, look, we were saying last week that um, a team like Burnley and the way that they're going to play against us is a team that we have the better quality player we should be beating if they're going to be trying to play like that. And I said I was more concerned about a team like Sheffield United who aren't going to play like that. And I back us, obviously, to beat Sheffield United at home in a couple of weeks. But that sort of a game presents more concern for me. But, you know, after the first couple of minutes, I was sat in there a little bit nervous. about. But it did just take the team some time to adjust and and react. And And actually, I hope it's something that they learn from because they will go away from home to teams like Arsenal coming up in a couple of weeks and they won't have that opportunity to come back in the way that they did and take control of a game against a team like Arsenal so it has to be a big learning curve but the impressive thing was the character they showed they hung in those first 15 minutes and then they found their way and they went on to absolutely smash them. The only other point, the slight point of concern sorry, for me was Burnley still scored two and very easily, but from a world-class save, could have had But three. we know this.
0: We've talked all along how it's going to be up and down all season. We wanted
3: fun football, didn't we? It, we wanted but goals at either end.
2: No, no, I, and I appreciate that. I'm not complaining, but I hope we do tighten up going forwards somehow because for a team like Burnley to have potentially scored three perfectly good goals by cutting us open is a bit concerning.
1: Well, I actually think, in that sense, it was perfect because got the result, Mm. scored five goals massive confidence boost and a shake up like mm. a wake a bit of a wake up call that you're like right the the forwards get a son comes into the international break having scored a hat trick he's absolutely buzzing solomon played really well um Madison is just loving life there's so mm. much good feeling about the about the team but equally there are improvements to be made yeah. we're not going into the international break thinking we're, we're absolutely perfect
0: well the last international break uh came on the back of the three-all draw at Southampton where Conte had an absolute meltdown. So the feeling going into this international break (laughs) is much, much better. Uh, The second, the the equaliser, was very much out of the old school, uh, counter-attacking style that we'd seen in the last few years. Um, And for me, that was really interesting because, look, you're not going to score the same goal every week, but I was in my head, it was like, Angeball goals are all going to be with six players flooding the box. But we mixed it up, and one of two brilliant passes from Porro uh to son and great to see him
3: bag some goals i mean the uh, without putting too much of a damp the defending for that first goal was pretty poor <laughs> the pass came across to um solomon t- to solomon and both the center backs or the defenders there but they both went with him no and the son's just there i mean mm. it was it wasn't good but as far as i like your point the um the Thank mentality. <laughs> the, but it's what episode, it's episode, episode nineteen. Is finally agreeing <laughs> yeah, no, with The 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 mentality that um, that they that they held, and we've seen it in actually f- at least three of the opening four. We went a goal down away at Brentford. Mm. United had a couple of good early chances and were really on top, and we we, mm. we bounced back. Uh, Bournemouth, we were a bit more we were a bit more in the game, and then obviously as you said, we went a goal down, and and that's just something that we. It's taken at least forty-five minutes—the old joke—to start playing. In it, certainly last season. But you know, we're just we're just bouncing right back under Ange.
2: And I think this was the interesting thing as well was we went a goal down, and whereas in the past we would go a goal down mm. and bit bit nervy, are we actually going to get back into this? The first fifteen minutes, yeah, okay, we weren't playing well, but I was confident that at some point we would have a we would get yeah. on top of them, and yeah. I was very confident that we would get goal or goals. Are, and, and go on to win. You
0: said at 3-1 Vicari makes that save which was a very good save and 3-2 it's a different game. I actually didn't feel like it even would be. I just felt we'd score again and that they we'd score enough goals to win that game.
2: Yeah. And I still think we'd have won. Don't get me wrong. But 3-2 and Turf Moor's in and it yeah. gets them up. It is a harder it's a much harder game than it not, was. Not that we're to
3: obviously uh, really that bothered but i do think going forward I, I think we that we might look back on this game and think that was a better win when burnley maybe put a couple of teams uh, away at home i was, I was about to say
1: i think and i think burnley will improve mm. as, as the season goes on i think company is going to realize he can't play quite like that against the teams as good as tottenham and so it was actually a really good time to play burnley yeah hopefully yeah. they get better and make things more difficult for our rivals yeah
0: just on the starting lineup Richarlison started there's a few whispers on Twitter that he was injured I don't think you have an injured player on the bench however light the knock might be I don't think that was because Richarlison was injured I think that was because he seen enough of Richarlison in the first four games but also tactically I think it wasn't the game for Richarlison we saw the counter-attacking goal from from Son um, some Richarlison might come back in against Sheffield United, who will sit in, Mm. uh, and it might be a game for Richarlison to pick up pieces in the penalty area, but (laughs) I actually said before the game on Twitter, I'd have started Richarlison today, Uh, so a lot of humble pie for me, but do we think now that maybe that's it, that Richarlison is going to be a substitute and Son's going to be the number nine?
3: Well, definitely in the next game. Well, you think I've just said, I don't know if he will. No, he's got to scoring a hat-trick. That's the thing. I think Sheffield United is a different game. I agree. Yeah, but I just... Analysis
0: guy agrees. (laughs) 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 I'm always wrong, please.
3: (laughs) I would be so, so surprised. I'm not saying that Richarlison's finished. Far from it. And I think, as we've already said, with a 38-game season, this is why you bring in extra reinforcements. Mm. Your Solomons, your Brennan Johnsons. Uh, or as it will now be Richarlison on the bench I can't imagine he's going to change the team at all after after scoring five and with Son getting a hat-trick is he now going to put him back On you're you're suggesting that he's now going to put him back onto the wing where he does nothing my,
1: well, hasn't my, done. my only th- I don't know whether he will I'm just saying that I don't know if I think it's such a different opponent Sheffield United are going to Go go into that game and just sit yep. back, aren't they? Yep. And it, and it's going to be a completely different game, and that doesn't suit Son at all. He no. he he would prefer to have a bit of space out wide, cut in and maybe shoot from well, the edge of the box. <coughs> or yeah. Something like I that. Remember,
2: yeah, I remember many a team coming to our place when Portrait Hull came to us. Oh, sh- M- no, no, Sheffield, Sheffield United
0: were his. Was his? I think it was his last game. Certainly, it was the beginning of the end for him. We lost the home to Sheffield the United. teams that sat in deep, and they sat in and they counted on us twice. And I remember them having a very very tight VAR decision. They go against them. They beat us, I think, and they just sat in. And
2: yeah, so te- te- teams like that cause Brent, that 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 will be Brentford, maybe a little bit do that. They do, I think, not quite it. as much as, as as Sheffield United. Maybe we've got a stat about that later. i will be interested to see actually that, but um, but not quite as much. Sheffield it will be interesting to see how we pick apart a team like Sheffield United in our next game. Well, but, but on the Richardson. Retor- go on. No, go on. I was going to say on Richard. the Richardson oh, thing. Do I, I do absolutely <laughs> agree that Richardson should start against Sheffield United, but against Arsenal. I'd like to see Son up front and Johnson right wing. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, I, sorry, I, I, no. I was just gonna say I think this is all positive that, that there are options there. There's, there's quite a few. We've all got good arguments for a few different options in these next Absolutely. next games, and and I don't think anyone should see it as particularly negative to if Son doesn't start up front. But I think it, there's every point, there's every yeah. reason that he could or should but I think there's... An should,
2: should we discuss our options in defence? Oh, no, we can't.
0: Because they're <laughs> <aren't>. <laughs> yeah, done one that. one thing we can do in this wonderful studio of ours is I can press a button and Ooh. that can come Ooh. up. So what we've got, uh, for people who are only listening uh, to the pod, if you're listening on Spotify, you can actually press play, open open the app and press play and you can actually see uh, see us and you can see this graphics. So what we've got on screen here, and we will put all these on our social media channels at EOGTHFC. Uh, I think (laughs) Um, we've got a a comparison here uh, between Conte ball and Ange ball as we as we'll call them everything is up and the positives under Ange possession is up pressures in the final third is very up Uh, 69 uh, per game compared to 33.7 per game touches in the opposition box is up shots are up goals are up expected goals are up and uh, field tilt is up Ali you're going to explain that I actually do that now what is field tilt
1: i'll go straight in on field tilt then okay so um the definition of field tilt is field tilt is a measure of territorial dominance between teams it looks at the share of possession each team has in their attacking third compared to their opponent so what that does is uh takes each team's passes in the attacking third and compares it to the total between the two teams right. so you get if you think of passes in the attacking third as tilting the pitch, yeah. so mm. if you have more passes in the attacking third to your opponent, you your, the pitch will be tilted towards the mm. opposition. So
0: the opposition are so p- rolling towards us under contact. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and I think it's just a. I mean, that isn't particularly surprising. I don't think, to be honest, anything on that screen is surprising. We've all anyone who watched Tottenham last season and this season would know wouldn't be surprised to see that numbers have gone up in. These kinds of numbers have gone up. I'll do
0: the numbers. I will do the numbers because I think it's quite important because, as you say, no one's surprised, but the numbers are stark. Certainly, touches in the opposition box have gone up from 23.6 per game to 43.5 per game.
1: Just on that, the highest Tottenham have ever had on record uh, for touches in the opposition box, I I think, was about 27. um, What? Over the course of a season. Obviously, this is only four games Mm. for Ange, but that is just... That That is the most stark I was going to talk about. That is just, that is an absolutely massive number. And it's also, what's interesting is all of these numbers from this season are skewed a little bit by the domination Tottenham had over Burnley, particularly goals, for example. And top touches in the opposition box are a little bit, but even against United, we had 40 in the opposition box. Yeah, but box. You,
0: you say that, and I'm right to say it, but we went to Burnley and lost one, was it 1 0 there last year? So I know they had a different, they were a different end last we, year.
1: They were. Sorry,
0: two years ago. Um, All right, so that can't come up on here. But we went to these teams last year and and didn't play like that. So Mm. whilst I agree, Burnley gave us the ball and allowed us into their box so often, we have played against teams like that last year and did nothing. You
2: might say that these numbers will will start to sort of I don't want to say even out but plateau or whatever over the course of the season but th- which, they, su- which they will they will, they will. but it, it's certainly a hell of a good indicator as to the direction
1: exactly and that's the main thing is just how stark the dif- difference is i think um generally uh i think we spoke last time i was on the pod about um postacoglu tends to have slow starts and um that's because his way of playing is so particular and players often take a bit of time to get used to them. So Celtic lost three of their first seven league games under him, which is crazy to think because Celtic win every single game. <laughs> um, but the the fact that Tottenham have t- the Tottenham players' squad have taken to his ideas so quickly and these numbers are so stark is a really, really, really big positive. I think these numbers will plateau a little bit. Yeah. Maybe possession won't quite so much. Um, I mean, expected goals numbers are really good, but that's not crazy. That could that could keep up shots. Is uh, These these numbers could stay sort of near that number. I think just the point that this graphic is trying to make is just how extreme the difference has been mm. from this season to last yep. already.
3: I said after the first game, I wouldn't be surprised if we scored. I'd bank us now to score two <coughs> goals a game, just looking at the way we played. But th- going back to what you're saying about Postecoglou making a slow start, it goes back to a couple of things that I've been saying, that firstly, some of the players that we have there weren't quite as bad as people were trying to make out. Based under Conte. On, under Conte. Well, I mean, yeah. it, was it was the way, to was the way he said. told them to play. Absolutely. And, it, and it also the other thing that a lot of uh, the detractors said when when we announced that Ange was going to be the manager, oh, yeah, but he's done it only in Celtic and and in Japan. But the fact of the matter is when you put him with better players, maybe mm. he can have get results quicker and that's basically what you said saying. about celtic
0: i looked at his start at uh, uh, marinos in japan wasn't a great start there either so yeah. it, it takes time and i know you <laughs> we haven't got this graphic but actually there is a, an optographic doing around that we've had the e- second easiest start
1: yeah which i was uh which i disagree with i was going to come on to i mean this is uh you can't take this as complete gospel um but it's what we did before the start mm-hmm. of the season was compared uh each team's first five games using uh, something called our power rankings, which is a very technical thing, which I won't try and explain, (laughs) but it basically tries to rank every team. There's 13,000 teams compared and gives every team a rating between 0 and one hundred. Zero being the worst team in the world, 100 being the best team in the world. Manchester City, 0 was a team that I can't remember (laughs) the name of um, now, uh, but a team that you wouldn't have heard of. does
2: Does it take into account Homer away
1: uh, this this didn't this didn't so, so uh,
2: uh, yeah All right. okay um, <laughs> there I'm
1: are flaws there are flaws yeah. but that like with anything like this there are flaws and you also are comparing say I don't know Sheffield United last season to Sheffield United this season Brentford last season to Brentford this season we don't know what they are yeah. what it's they it's are it's going to be just on
2: um, paper the power rankings without any other consideration or any other factor we want you, we that that Ali to
1: come I'm back I, don't very 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 <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that this is officially saying Tottenham had the second easiest start I'm saying that generally speaking they had an easier start than lots of yeah, other teams I think that's and fair, that is I think that's that we can agree um, that
2: on paper we would have said we'd like to go to brentford and get a point we so should united, be beating united Burnley at and home Burnworth. you'd hope to but, win well, and, and, and
1: they'd never yet. beaten them at the tottenham st- new stadium until then yep. so not necessarily no no no, no. Yeah. i think before the uh, season
3: we said oh I don't fancy B- uh, brentford away in the first day. and then we've we got Ber- united coming to us on the and second Burnley and away might have yeah. looked like
1: a tricky tricky fixture before the season but then they've come out and clearly it's not <laughs> it's not the case but anyway um i think it's uh it's just an indication that there is lots of there are lots of hard games to come. And if you actually look over the first 10 games, Tottenham's run goes from the second easiest to the easiest. And even though they've got Arsenal and Liverpool really? to come, it's just a fact of playing all three of the promoted teams mm. in that time. Yep. Not playing City, not playing Chelsea, not playing Newcastle. Y- y- you'll
2: have played um, Arsenal, Liverpool and United.
1: Yeah, yeah, but other teams yeah, will have played, played yeah, more, yeah, more yeah, than yeah, those yeah, teams. Yeah. It's It's not completely scientific it's just just that there is there are a lot of I things. think but who up, cares if you get
3: momentum out of having easier games
1: and how did
2: Arsenal start last season they had an unbelievably easy run at the beginning of last season yeah, which yeah, brought the yeah. momentum palace away first game was was tough but once they got through that their run was a joke but I think it's
0: really season. interesting because we have and we said it we don't get we're not going to get carried away we have got two graveyards for points for us coming up which is Arsenal away, and Liverpool anywhere happens yep. to be at home. The are now the only team we've not beaten in the league at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I know we've got Sheffield United coming up. Should be a gimme, but we don't know.
1: It's,
3: prob- it's probably... There's no easy games in this
1: league. It, it's probably a good thing uh, to have the new style of football against an easier, I'm doing inverted commas yeah, with my hands yeah. to anyone listening, um, start, and then that horrible run near the end of the season where they're where we know a bit, the players know each other a bit more. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. So.
0: Yeah. One thing I want to compare the current team to, and Gary, we talked about this uh, this week off air, is Tottenham under Ange to the last time we were really good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not just three months under Conte at the end of that season. Uh, it is under Poch in 2016-17 when we, when we finished runners-up. Uh, again uh, this is a, a visual for those uh, those watching us if you're not we'll put it on our social media uh, again if you're watching on spotify make your screen bigger around and press play um things are up uh, possession is down uh regains in the final third are pretty much doubled under and touches in the bo- opposition box are, are higher shots are higher uh goals per game are higher expected goals is slightly up and field tilt is actually is actually lower um again again it's a small sample size but this is what we wanted we all talk about getting our Tottenham back I think in the short term getting our Tottenham back is getting back to the sort of the way we played under Pochettino
1: yeah absolutely and I think like you say this is a small sample size uh, keeping up something like 2.26 goals per game over an entire season is really 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 crazy numbers Um, so I think things like that will level out and there are just again just so many positives from uh from this that we are even comparing the two, I guess, because that was Tottenham the best, certainly in my lifetime, um uh that uh, I've ever I've ever seen them. Um I think again, like it like we said, a small sample size, it does kind of slightly highlight some differences. Um so regains in the final third, everyone thinks of peak potch as like mm. crazy pressing. Um, that wasn't it, that three point eight is still quite a, a is still a decent number right. for that. Mm. I had to change this from pressures because we didn't have pressures. Uh, we had pressures on the previous graphic, but we didn't have pressures numbers. I going quite back, like regains because that actually
2: to, tells you more winning I the think, than back. pressures. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. it's kind of I suppose pressures shows intent and yeah. regains shows effectiveness. Yes. Um, in the final third, um, and uh, yeah, it's just just a kind of indication. That we are touches in the opposition box, opposition box being so much higher, shows. I think when Tottenham under Poch were, when we got near a goal, there was more intent and on scoring. And under Ange, maybe there is more patience.
0: Is this a Harry Kane hole here? Do you think there is something in that? More touches now, and it probably will come down, but how drastically we don't know. Is that other players now are getting into the box where? Is this? Is there any well, reliance on Kane in these numbers?
1: I suppose so, and, but there have been a couple of times when I've been watching Spurs and I've been screaming at James Madison to shoot when he's got the ball yeah, just inside times, the box. Yeah. And we d- we've mm. maybe, arguably, someone might say we've overplayed mm. a little bit, um, that close to goal. But um, I suppose that's just a stylistic uh, sort of indicator, isn't it? Um, but I don't know, yeah, mayb- maybe previously, maybe if we were playing this way with Harry Kane, those touches in the opposi- opposition box didn't realize how hard that is to say um <laughs> might be it might be a bit lower yeah. um yeah with more shots going you've
3: on. also got a full ange likes his full backs to get in the box as well which we we've never really seen under pot or well Walker walk and flying wingers, yeah i mean now i mean you know ben davies popping up <laughs> yeah scoring goals that kind of thing
2: i think it's a very small sample size. We can't stress that enough. And, you know, Opta tells us it's the second easiest start of the season. So perhaps <laughs> Stop <laughs> criticising. I'm not criticising it. Like, but, 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 you know, that, that, so, so let's just emphasise it has been a favourable start. But these stats sort of show me that perhaps we are more efficient with, with our possession and what we're doing under Ange than we were under Poch, because our expected goals is higher. Um, our possession is slightly lower. But, you know, we're doing a lot more with the possession that we've got um, so it shows me that that you know we are being a little bit more efficient. And something that we touched on as well earlier is that I don't think we had as much under Potch was, was that sort of more direct breakaway goal, which we saw uh, for the equaliser against Burnley with the ball over the top from mm. Porro. Um, and, and we've done that a few times. It, with Potch, especially sort of at times, it did feel as though we'd pass aimlessly along the back and we'd have a lot of possession. But we weren't, sometimes without Eriksen picking out that, Final ball, it felt like we were unsure. And I mentioned Hull earlier. I remember Hull coming and parking the bus, and they beat us one yeah. 0 I think it was. And you know, there are a number of games under Poch that went along that sort of route. And Sheffield United may prove me wrong, but I'm confident now that actually we break down even deep block teams better than perhaps we even did under under Poch. And these numbers would seem to start to point towards that.
3: And I think from just watching the first four games. The, the main difference in the way that we build up the play is is that intricacy that we have in midfield with Madison and with Bissouma. Obviously, we had the likes of Ali and Ericsson, but Ericsson would often find himself much higher up. And The way we're playing through the middle, I think, is what helps you to break those teams down because then you've got the guys out wide who can find the space and then you've also got the fullbacks who are there as well. It's just overloading the midfield in a way that... I, very few, te- very few teams are doing it. I mean, Man City are doing it, Arsenal well, slightly. But I'm going mean, to
0: name drop here and pick it up off the floor. I was with Owen Hargroves yesterday, and he actually said, I think you've possibly got the best midfield in the Premier League.
3: And I think that's what we're seeing. I think that, that to me, in terms of th- you know these num- looking at the numbers is great. And obviously, the way we played under Poch. I mean, at times, let's not forget, we struggled on, on occasion to break teams down. And I think the way that we are playing now will hopefully, hopefully, kind of put that almost to one side and you may concede but you might, you shouldn't struggle to break teams down. I think
1: yeah, I think we'll, Tottenham should be in a much better position to break teams down um but I mean even City struggle at, at times yeah. um to team some teams are just really 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 good at defending and it won't be a problem <laughs> if uh if there there will be games that Tottenham don't aren't able to break teams down. I do think another thing to mention uh is i think part of the reason that uh spurs signed madison to play this way mm. but an, a little added bonus with madison is i think over his entire premier league career he's the top scorer from outside the box mm. and when you come up against those teams that are really really deep if you can get players like madison son even kulisevsky into mm. those positions we've that spurs now have three players who can score from distance and back when the in the Gareth Bale the Gareth Bale season it <laughs> was that was the way we played was just to get the ball to him and score from outside the box and that is a, that is another way to beat a low block we and w- Solomon as well yeah
3: he it. can Hats hit he does <coughs> he yeah. does
2: hit a good shot do, do you mind it, just one quick question if you have it available is we haven't looked at is xg G- bus yeah, it, it <laughs> might be it might if you haven't got it available but the xg against under poch versus the first four games have you got it
1: no. I could, <laughs> I could get it if you were to talk amongst yourselves. I could get, I could get <laughs> All right, it. Oh, let's
2: talk amongst ourselves. Have a quick look. So that'd be interesting.
0: I want two things. I don't want us to ever lose a game, right? I don't. But it'd be really interesting to see how we lose our first game. Because if it is at Arsenal, we know how we lose at Arsenal. we just just in lots of goals.
2: The, the ref, the ref gives them something.
0: Ref gives them something. I'm not like no. The ref doesn't give them something. The ref is fair. And Royal <laughs> makes a
2: city challenge and deservedly gets sent off for something that nobody else gets sent off for. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> cool. Carry on. But you know
0: how we play at Arsenal. I mean, very interested to see how we go at Arsenal. i mean interested to see how we. I think if we lose, though, we'll,
3: there'll be goals in it.
0: Fine. We'll lose I mean, three, we're going to lose four, at some point. Five, like five,
1: two. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, it yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, was two in uh, a row, wasn't yeah. it? Once. Uh, Look, that. I'm interested to see how we react and how we lose a game because if we do lose to Arsenal we've got to react against Liverpool. It's going to happen. i interested to see what happens when it does. Second of all, Ali mentions James Madison. We all sit here and go, "Oh, wouldn't it be great if Madison was pinging crosses in to Harry Kane? Do we possibly think that Kane and Madison may not have actually worked in this system because Kane would have just swallowed up Madison's space?
2: I think Kane would have had to be much more disciplined on being an out-and-out out nine and not dropping deep and trusting... I think a lot of the reason Kane dropped deep was because he kind of had to do everything Mm. (laughs) at that time for us, right?
0: The Harry Kane team.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. particularly last season. Mm. But I think if he had played in this team, and we kind of saw it in in, in, in the friendly against, uh, was it Shakhtar when he scored four? (laughs) When he wasn't dropping Mm. and and he stayed up front and he knocked in four pretty easy goals for him.
0: It's the irony that actually when Pep called us the Harry Kane team, we weren't actually the Harry Kane team. And we probably became it in the last 12 months.
3: I also think that the system last season didn't really have a, an eight or a ten, whatever you want to call that position, mm. and Kane clearly rated Madison. He wasn't going to... I don't think Kane would have been dropping into the spaces that he knew. He, tr- he would have trusted Madison. Yeah. Well, there were rumours doing the rounds, weren't there, that he he went to Tottenham and said... Kane went to them and said, you've got to try and sign I Madison. I think
1: yeah. Harry Kane is so good that he would have been able to fit yeah, into probably. Any, any system. And he would have just done... He would have had to stay higher up the pitch and he would just would have been doing a way better job than yeah. Charles. But we had
0: to talk about that because yeah. you were looking something up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um. So I have the numbers. Uh. So 2016-17 under... Potch was 0.89 expected goals against per game. So less than a goal a game. And it's almost double this mm. season. Um, okay. po- that's point, point that's point the, 8. That's 8. the okay. risk that you and
3: run. As I said, I think we will struggle. We, we, we will concede more than we did under Potch, but we may well score more. So that's, you know, we, we may struggle less to break teams down.
2: Yeah, and again, it's a small sample size and the team is evolving and growing and, and our XG may well go down. But it it was something that I thought of because as much as we're more efficient with the ball, now it looks under potch perhaps we're a bit more controlled all all round.
0: Just one more graphic that we've got. This is a real visual. So again, uh, we'll put it on our social media uh, and, and if you're not, click on our YouTube and you can watch us talking about it. Um, it's... Oh, do you know, I really want to get Ali to explain this. <laughs> so...
1: Basically, this compares the styles of the Premier League team's style of play. So uh, up the y-axis, up the side, you have direct speed upfield, upfield, which is the speed at which each team carries the ball up the pitch when they are in possession. And along the bottom, you have passes per sequence, which is uh, each time a team has possession, it's how many passes they put together. So in the bottom right, unsurprisingly, way, way, way out, Nowhere near anyone else is Manchester City, showing that they play slow and intricately. Um, and in the top left, you have Forrest and West Ham, who, when they get the ball, they get it up the pitch as quickly as possible with as few passes as possible. Um, again, small sample size, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I suppose the interesting thing is that we've got Spurs in the uh, more in the slow and intricate part uh, section of it which is kind of unsurprising but given how much of the ball they've had I suppose what's what I find interesting is that they're not quite out um sort of in front of Newcastle say um in front of isn't really the right way to put it but you know what I mean more extreme than Newcastle who have played against really sort of top uh uh top of the table teams um and I I personally take from that that Spurs are mixing it up well and what Postacoglu has done really well and what we saw with that um, a couple of those goals against Burnley is that when you come into a team to a team like Tottenham who were obviously very played way below their capabilities last yeah. season you don't throw everything out if you've got players like Son and Kulisevsky who can play can clearly play this play and ball uh, well, but are also very, very good transitional players. You still use that, and so uh, Postacoglu is using uh, Poro kind of in that Kieran Trippier way that Kieran Trippier would play those l- play long balls, um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold does mm. for for Liverpool um, when there's that opportunity to. And Spurs are mixing it up well, so the kind of slow possession is counterbalanced by a bit of that. F- Fast attacking play.
0: Uh, it's shown in the game against Burnley. We scored, I think the Son one of the Son goals was 16 passes, mm. which was only one goal last season. Did we have more? Which was one of the Kane goals at Leeds, 22 passes. But we also saw the quick pass, uh, Porro, Solomon, uh, and then Son for the equaliser. So, like I said at the start, I think we all thought we we're going to get this Ange ball, which would just be everybody standing up front. But he, he's clearly such a good manager. He knows when to mix it up. And I think starting Son against Burnley. Was because he realised we're going to have gaps, and Son's better at exploiting that than Richarlison.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, another big tip for Pastor Cogley, really. What are we thinking?
3: Well, I'm thinking: is there anything we're not good at? <laughs> well,
0: I think we'll soon find out.
3: <laughs> or what about uh, what about all the fans that thought we'd get relegated when uh, when Kane when <laughs> when we sold Kane? There were some of those doing the rounds on social media as well. Back, okay, back in their box.
0: I think basically we're loving Angeball. And, oh, and yeah, it's been it's great. great. It's been great to have Ali on to to explain what we thought we knew, but, 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 but now we know.
2: <laughs> I'm loving Angeball instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll send this to Robbie really. Yep. <laughs> uh,
0: gentlemen, uh, I think it's a good place to wrap up. I think we've dissected everything. Um, Jake, thanks. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> thanks.
3: <laughs> See you next week. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if selected. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've done, I'm like, how, how do you think he's got on in the, the right of the back four? I think he's better in the back three, isn't he? <laughs> he really back three.
0: <laughs> but I've had the c- protection of, of right, Ali here. it right. has been, been a bit more, bit more solid. A bit more solid. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming on. Ali, obviously, uh, second time on, first time on studio. They're really great uh, to have you on, and, and we'll see you again soon. Okay, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, as Jake says, we will be next, back next week. And up the Spurs.